Welcome, Pewter Report readers, listeners, and viewers to another edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius. I'm John Ledger from PewterReport.com. With me is Matt Matera from PewterReport.com, and we are in Indianapolis live at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine, where we have spoken face-to-face twice with Bruce Two-a-days. Two-a-days in March. March 1st uh, with Bruce Arians and general manager Jason Light here from Indianapolis. Pretty exciting stuff, Matt. Not going to lie. We got a decent amount of news and a ton of great stories from them today. It's really good to have stuff happening on the live. Like there's actual like real news and real things to talk about for a change for a couple weeks. Absolutely. It's been awesome being indie. My first NFL combine up since 3.30 in the morning. Still going, still pumped, still energized because of Celsius. I also didn't know that Indy was um, was East Coast time. I thought it was Central time, yeah. so that's very nice surprise. But yeah, as as you just said, speaking to Bruce Arians twice, Jason Light twice. Uh, the great thing too is we got, and I just tweeted before, details upon details. It's not just the Tom Brady thing. It's not just Kyle Trask and Blaine Gabbert. We learned a lot about the defense. We learned a lot about things about the offense we weren't even thinking about, like Tristan Wirfs. So we just got so much information. Really excited to share with all of our uh, Peter Report readers, viewers, and listeners, and everyone watching this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, been a ton of fun already uh, to be able to find out some of the things that are going on with the Bucks. Uh, most notably, what's going on with the Bucks is that they've, or maybe not most notably, but most pertinent right now to uh, starting off this show is talking about the new coaches that they've hired. Uh, they are moving Larry Foot to inside linebackers coach from outside linebackers coach. So more of his natural position actually did a great job with the outside linebackers coach. They'll bring Bob Sanders uh, to uh, coach the outside linebackers now, defensive quality control coach. They also hired uh, Joey Fitzgerald and then offensive quality control coach in Jeff Cast. And then they moved John Van Dam will take over as the Bucs uh, tight ends uh, coach. Um, at, he was the team's assistant tight ends coach and Christopher is moving into a new role as senior offensive assistant. So he was the tight ends coach before. Now they're moving him uh, positions as well. And then Tim Atkins, went from defensive special teams assistant, uh, was promoted to defensive special teams assistant and uh, after Cody Grimm left. And uh, then there was another promotion too, wasn't there? My, oh, Van Dam, that's it, yeah. the tight ends. Okay, so that's I think that's all of them. I know some of you don't care about maybe those lower-level ones. just but. to clarify, the, the Bob Sanders, it's not the Bob Sanders, the safety that played for the Colts. He was a great player when he was healthy, unfortunately. It's not that Bob Sanders. That it's a different awesome. Bob Sanders. Because I got excited. We both got excited, but I was like, oh, Bob Sanders, like that's sick. Jordan Whitehead, definitely going to stay now because Bob Sanders is – everyone wants to be like that player, but – no, different Bob Sanders, just same last name. Yeah, uh, so Sanders was most recently the defensive coordinator for the Orlando Apollos, the Alliance of America Football League. He was uh, working with head coach Steve Spurrier, and he was before that he was on Spurrier's staff for 11 years at the University of Florida. So a lot of Gators fans probably uh, know him. So there's a lot of experience in the NFL, in the NFL and in college football as well. Um, so, yeah, he's 68 years old, though, older, higher uh, there for outside linebackers. So it'll be curious to see how that impacts Joe trying to his development. I have no clue or analysis on that really right now, Matt, but it'll be something we'll have to watch for. And it'll also be interesting to see if Larry Foote, not being a new voice, really, for Devin White. We thought he might get a new voice with Mike Caldwell moving on to be the defensive coordinator of the Jaguars. Instead, it'll be maybe a new voice, I guess. I mean, he puts a different position, but still. Right, a, a different set of eyes. And I think what we've learned about since Larry Foote has been an assistant coach here with the Bucks is that um, he definitely echoes what coach, what players love about Bruce Arians is that he's 
pretty blunt with you. He's yeah. very straightforward and, you know, coach him hard and, and hug him later. I mean, I always go back to when we spoke to Larry Foote during the season and we were like, why is, you know, JPP getting all of these snaps and why isn't Joe trying to get the play? And he straight up said uh, contracts had to do with it. The guys that are getting paid the most are going to play more. And if he's going to be that upfront with the media, you know, he's going to, you know, he's not going to hold anything back when it comes to, you know, telling Devin White he might have to play better or, God forbid there was a critique of Levante David, probably won't happen. But if it were, I could see Larry Foote putting his foot down, no pun intended, and actually, you know, making these linebackers better. So I'm actually intrigued. I'm yeah. I'm happy with the move because I just think Larry Foote obviously had a very solid NFL career and can bring a lot as a coach, as he already has. Yeah, I think somebody I feel like somebody asked me either on Twitter or on here about him moving positions. And it was kind of like, oh man, that's weird. It doesn't happen very often, I feel like, but uh, that is indeed the route that they decided to go. So kudos to whoever called that. I can't remember who that was. Uh let's get to a bunch of other stuff because there's so much stuff yeah. going on uh that happens uh today. But if you can, if you're in here and you're watching, can you hit the thumbs up button, hit the like button for us on the show? If you're watching on another platform other than YouTube, uh please uh over to YouTube if you can, or at least subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. It really helps us out when you all do that. Helps boost our YouTube at the end. We got a big week here at the Combine uh, covering a lot of stuff going on with the box and with a lot of the prospects here as well. There's so much to get to. Let's just start with where the chat uh, begins here, which is something you and I were talking right before we went on air. Yeah. Long Lost Glazer says, every time Light mentions Carlton Davis, it's a when healthy comment. Really appears he doesn't trust his ability to stay healthy, play through minor issues. And uh, Bruce Arians also talked about Carlton Davis today and said when he's healthy, that's been the only thing that's held him back. He and Light both agreed on that. I don't think that it's a they trust his ability to stay healthy or anything like that as much as it is they want to. Like, I don't think it's like a toughness. Quite, that's what Scully's getting here. Like, I think it's more of like we don't want to maybe give a major contract to a guy who's not going to be fully healthy. Now, Carlton Davis really hasn't missed much time, so – I get that he's been banged up with a couple of different things over the course of his career, but even coming back from the quad, we thought that was season ending immediately mm, the, when that happened. I mean, the that, way he went down, yeah, it was against New England. The way he went down, it looked really bad too. And I think a couple of times as well, Carlton, even going back to the Super Bowl season, he would be like a late Friday addition to the injury yes. report, and then end up being like questionable. So yeah, this has nothing to do with with Carlton's talent. I think we're all in agreement, and Jason Light and Bruce Arians were saying it as well too that you know he's a He's a great corner. He's their shutdown guy. And that's where the franchise tag, it's like, okay, you're going to throw this guy some money, but he has to prove that he can stay healthy too. And that's, that's tough to do in football because sometimes you get injured and it's really not your fault. Cause again, I think Carlton, when he got hurt against new England, it was like a, it was a punt play. I'm pretty sure, it but it was like, it, it was a fourth and short. So you had to keep the, yeah. the regular defense on the field. And Carlton does play special teams as well too. Um, but yeah, it was interesting. They both used that buzzword, like great player, when healthy mm -hmm. and um yeah so that so, was just yeah to me that doesn't indicate that they wouldn't tag him like i think they will tag him at the very least uh, it might indicate some hesitation with a long-term deal and carlton might say okay like if you're not gonna you know and they might not even want to do it at a, at a lower rate even if carlton were like gonna agree to a, a 13 14 million a year rate i don't know that the bucks would be necessarily inclined to do it so it might be similar to godwin it might be like you know let's prove it over full season you missed a couple games a year before let's see what you do over a full season let's see if we want to pay you long term hey let's see if you can raise your value too uh to come back to the market uh next year with a higher price tag you know you don't drop maybe the five picks that he dropped and only play in 10 games um you know instead you catch those and all of a sudden you're you know breaking the bank and, and making you know 18 million a year um that could be the situation both sides are willing to look at so 
don't think Carl Davis is going anywhere. Do think that this clarified for me that the franchise tag might be the road forward for the Bucks with Carlton Davis. Now let's keep rolling on some of these questions. Let's talk about Tom Brady and get this stuff out of the way at the beginning. Leo, Leo always coming in with the super chats. We greatly appreciate it. Leo with the $2 super chat. I hope this will bury the Brady to the 49ers narrative. But Jason Light and Bruce Aarons had a lot of fun with the ridiculous Brady's coming out of retirement, getting traded to, to force a trade to another team type of rumors that were out there. And Arians had the most fun with it, of course. He said, no chance. That's bad for business. He said, and they said, would it pull your heartstrings a little bit? Somebody asked. Nope. Like He said, nope. And he said, uh, what if the deal was worth your while? And Arians said, five first-round picks, five number ones. And he, Yeah, he also said that he was going to play against Tom Brady in golf, and if he beat Tom, then Tom would have to come out of retirement. So Bruce Arians, whether it was with the um, with the the local Tampa media, which is of course us, or if he was out on, on the podium, he was the ultimate showman, you know. And um, five first round picks, yeah, I think he got to do that. Yeah. Obviously, he wasn't that serious, but he, you know, put essentially put the kibosh on it right away. That you know, Tom Brady, he's not playing anywhere else. He's not. They, they they're leaving the light on for him, but you know, the only team he's playing for next season would be the Bucks. And he also said that. If he did decide to come back, that they would make the financials work regardless of what else they have going on contractually and free agency and everything like that. So I don't know. I personally just all Tom said was never say never. All right. He wasn't like, yeah, I'm 50 50. You know, I'm going to flip a coin and decide whether or not to come back. But never say never when it's the greatest of all time. People have really taken that sentence and ran with it. So, uh, it's but, you know, it was made for yeah. fun, good time good content it's hilarious because he said it just so he wouldn't paint himself into a corner just in case like by the time you know i've made decisions in my life that i was like 99 percent sure about but like then you don't want to like say that you did with it no doubt and then in six months something changes and a situation comes up that and you never expected and you know something changes and then all of a sudden you're like okay like i feel a certain way now that i didn't before all he did was say that so that yeah. if that happened he would be able to stay out of getting slandered if that happened like unlike far for example but instead what's happened he's ended up in the headlines constantly since then so i'm sure he realized it's just a no-win situation for him it was always going to happen when tom brady retired but this should hopefully go a long way toward putting an end to like the fact that you know the the rumors about that uh, should we we stick on the retirement theme but talk about a couple of different players because in terms of retirement we heard about three players and honestly all of them were good to optimistic news for the Bucks. I, I don't know if we want to start with, I guess, and Dom can sue on the defensive line and JPP outside linebacker. Uh, Bruce Arians was asked about if he heard from them, if, if they think we're going to retire, because especially, um, especially Dom can sue. A lot of us thought, okay, this is, you know, he's done. He's obviously got a, a lot of stuff going on in the finance world. And he has two twins that are, that are very young, but Bruce Arians said today that, um, he spoke to JPP and Adamkin too, and they both let him know that they still want to keep playing. Now that doesn't guarantee that they're going to be bucks next season, especially JPP. When you look at the year he had and the injuries that he dealt with, but that's huge news for, especially Adamkin too. When we've talked about a lot that, all right, they need to get another defensive tackle to replace him and put him next to Vita Bea. But you know, if Sue wants to come back for one more year, I still think he's productive. Obviously the dollars and cents will have to, um, we'll have to line up, but yeah, one more year of Sue. I think one more season, I'm good. But after that, I think it's time to move on. But 
Yeah, I'm I'm down with it. Yeah, it's really going to depend what his price tag is, but it's definitely good for the Bucks, I think, to know that Sue does want to come back. I think that that's helpful for them uh, to have that uh, going into free agency, that knowledge. There's a lot of questions with this one. Like, when does like does Sue want to come back for just anything? Does he just want to play for the love of the game? Obviously, we know he's made a ton of money in his career, so you know that part you know could be like he just he just wants to play one more year. Like he just loves football. In his career, Sue has chased money, uh, but now it's different. He's married and he has two twins and he's got a lot going on outside of football that is making him money and going to make him money for a very long time. Does that impact things? I don't know. The bottom line is the Bucs just cannot afford. He's a one-year deal. There isn't a lot of flexibility. You cannot kick money down the road for that guy when Tom Brady's not coming back as your quarterback. So we said in the offseason, like, it wouldn't affect the long-term deal guys like the Godwins, whether Brady came back or not, the Godwins or the Kappas if he comes back or the Carlton Davises. But for the one-year deal guys, it absolutely does. And so you just have to be really careful about how you structure a deal for Indomitian Sue and how much you pay him because you do not want to be pushing money down the road when you when you when your quarterback is just a complete unknown like that's that's not when you do it you wait uh for the when you know it so going to be important to see how they approach that one important to see how they approach if if they approach it with with other guys on their team or if that gets approached with jason pierre paul i i expect with pierre paul's injury and his age and his injury history that we're going to see a lengthy recovery there and i think jason pierre paul will be a signing that happens after free agency you know when we're deeper into spring summer those months um we'll see what happens and how it plays out but that would just be my guess um the other guy who could be coming back is rob gronkowski and they don't have an answer for him yet unlike sue and jpp who said they do want to keep playing uh they don't have an answer yet from rob gronkowski but rob gronkowski has been working out at the bucks facility twice a week uh that's what jason light said uh, or bruce aaron said so they'll see what happens but it seems like he's you know needed some time and now could be potentially in line to play again. Will it be with the Bucks? Don't know. He's one that is still at the top of his game. Where with Sue, you know, he's he's a part-time player now, and you got to be careful. And you know, Jason Pierre Paul, same thing. He's declining. You got to be careful. Gronkowski's still a premier tight end in the NFL. And yeah. how you know, when you want to return as many talented options as possible to help whatever your quarterback situation is going to look like. All of a sudden, you think about like Gronkowski's one of the one year guys that I might actually consider if he wanted to come back and he wanted to play in Tampa, which is another question mark. That's a fair one for Gronkowski at this point in his career. I would really think long and hard about how to make that work if you're the Bucs, just because it is so important to get that group around your quarterback that can help get the best out of a Cal Trask or a Blaine Gabbard or fill in the blank for whoever's quarterback. Right. I was so surprised, to be honest with you, when, first of all, good for Gronk to really milk it and, you know, use the facility and get it, get he's everything. Really, he's yeah. playing this thing out pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Excellent job by him. Uh, why not use the facility if it's, if it's accessible to you? I still like hearing that news obviously is very encouraging. It's just tough for me to, I'm, I'm talking about Gronk's and everything you said about the Bucks wanting to sign Gronk, maybe kick down, uh, future cash down the road. I'm in full agreement with you. The Bucs should absolutely do that. But again, I'm just looking at it from Bronx's perspective. And I understand that there is a, a route for the, the Bucs to make the playoffs this year, as we've spoken about on other podcasts. But do you really want to go in playing with Blaine Gabbert, who Bronx caught a touchdown pass from against Detroit two seasons ago? Or do you really want to try this experiment with a second-year quarterback and Kyle Trask? I just, I don't, sure, it's a challenge. And I guess, anyone wants to take on a challenge, but I don't find it so 
appealing for Gronk. But again, you know, money changes everything. I also look at it too. If Gronk were to resign with the Bucks, it doesn't just change the entire landscape. But in terms of what we asked Bruce Arians about too, I believe you asked him, John, about how they're going to approach the tight end position this offseason with because if Gronk's not back, you have Camp Brate and you're probably gonna have to get a guy in free agency and a player through the draft as well, too. But if you get Gronk back and you have Gronk and Cam Brate, can you just imagine if they take a tight end in a late, you know, late round, whatever, and he gets to learn from Gronk, yeah. arguably the the greatest tight end of all time? I mean, the value in that, I find that just as captivating as just getting Gronk back in the first place. I think. Obviously, it wouldn't change a ton, but that the idea of, okay, let's put a little bit more into a tight end in the draft because you'll have Gronk right there, even if it's for one season, to mold a guy like that and then see what you can do with that guy after. I, I find that very intriguing. In yeah, my very intriguing. Agreed. Uh, some news coming up about Chris Godwin, about Ryan Jensen and his potential situation, as well as the Bucks interior offensive line in general, including Alex Kappa. Uh, coming up here very shortly on the show. We'll talk about those things, so stay tuned for that. We'll also talk about Jameis Winston uh, as well. That's coming up. And what the Bucs are looking for in a defensive tackle, running mate to Vita Vea, just an elite response today uh, to give us some indication of that. I see some people in the chat have mentioned it already, so we will talk about all of that. But first, got to let people know that our the, today's show is sponsored by our friends over at Celsius. Celsius Energy Drink. They pa- power and activate every lives every day with essential functional energy and it is terrific stuff, let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen. And I could not get any on my flight, and I'm not happy about it. They just don't let it go through security because <laughs> of the liquid in it, Matt. But it makes me very upset. And now I've got to figure out how to get some in Indy while I'm here. But you can see there's tons of great flavors. Uh, Celsius does a great job of, with despite having zero sugar, giving you the boost you need, the energy you need without the crash. And it's good for you, too. It accelerates your metabolism, burns body fat comes in a variety of awesome flavors as well. Can't say enough about it, how good this stuff is. Also, fast protein bars are a, another way that you can get 20 grams of protein in with one of these bars. It's the white chocolate cookies and cream and the salted caramel peanut crunch. You can get the variety pack, which includes both of these flavors. And I would do that because both flavors are excellent. You can click the link in the YouTube description, get them coming to your house regularly, get a delivery coming to your house. The best protein bars I've ever had. I am a protein bar bar connoisseur is that the connoisseur right aficionado connoisseur definitely works okay yeah aficionado connoisseur whatever and these are the best ones i've ever had um so make sure you check them out i love both if you're just going to go one i'd go the salted caramel peanut crunch but both are really really good uh the white chocolate cookies and cream uh, i have plenty of because my wife eats all the salted caramel peanut crunch and they're both awesome so uh definitely check those out if you get a chance to celsius doing awesome stuff again that link is in the youtube description uh, so make sure you check that out uh, for sure. Okay, Matt, uh, let's talk about what do, what do people want to hear about next? I know they're dying to hear about uh, Chris Godwin and Ryan Jensen stuff that we got. So let's just let's leave them hanging a little bit longer. And let's talk about this defense. As we talked about Sue, let's talk about this defensive tackle uh, situation for the Bucks. Very interesting to hear Bruce Arians today talk about specifically what they're looking for in a defensive tackle who will be the long-term fit next to Vita Vea or short-term fit next to Vita Vea. For sure, they want more quickness. They want more of a penetrator, more of an upfield threat. That is very interesting to me because they have not prioritized really adding that type of talent. Khalil Davis was maybe a sixth-round shot at a player like that, but there has not been a priority on that type of player. That must be something they've gone and they've assessed, and they said, we need this to complement. We need more of a penetrator, more of an interior, more of an explosive threat. And I think Joe Tryon Chuinka playing inside helped them realize some of that this past year. That, I think, is what they'll be looking for in the draft. I'll have some comments in a second here about 
who that might take off the board for them at the end of first round, where I do think, by the way, they will be looking at defensive tackle. But also just curious your thoughts on hearing him say that in general based on what you've seen from the Bucks D-line interior-wise over the last couple of years. Oh, maybe it was good that JPP got so much playing time because it meant Joe Tryanchenka could move towards the inside. Yeah, um, it was just interesting hearing Arians talk, and he's like, listen, we can't get another Vita Vea because there is no other Vita Vea. He's only a one-of-a-kind type of uh, you know defensive tackle. And, yeah, I mean, we all know what type of player Dobkin Sue is, and obviously later in his career, he's, he's not the quickest guy. He's always been a physical player that's that's very strong and is kind of dominated in that type of sense. But I think more than anything else, as you just mentioned, Khalil Davis, the Bucks haven't totally invested a lot of draft capital in, in defensive linemen. So, yeah, if they want a, a faster defensive lineman that can really get penetration on, on the line, I, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. We just haven't really seen it because they've gotten guys like Nacho, and obviously Will Golson has been there for a very long time, and he's a free agent as well too. But we just haven't seen the Bucks put that type of investment that's it's always been in especially defensively it's been sure they got Joe Tryanchenko but it's really been the the, the corners and secondary where they've exhausted a lot of draft capital over the past couple of years whether it's SMB Carlton Jamel uh, Mike Edwards Jordan White the list goes on and on so uh, with all the folks that they've had on the secondary we've kind of seen defensive tackle outside of Vita, Vita Vea go to the wayside and they address that more in free agency. So now that everything is, I don't want to say coming full circle, but now we're getting back to, okay, well, we got the secondary figured out for the most part. Now let's go get that other defensive tackle to really complement and, you know, bring the defense to a hole. And we'll see if they can do that. And um, depending on what round too, because it's not the best defensive tackle class overall. And now with Marpet gone, uh, the priorities change a little bit. For sure. Right, for sure. It makes it difficult, but we'll see how free agency shakes out in terms of what the needs are. But to me, hearing Bruce Arians say this takes Jordan Davis and Travis Jones kind of off consideration for me. Like, I don't think they'll pair another Vita Vea type next to Vita Vea. It just would make no sense. So I won't even have those guys probably on my board of consideration for the Bucks in the first or second round. Uh, perhaps if they just value fell for whatever reason to the third round, maybe they double dip if they if, or maybe they just take best player available. But that moves up Devontae Wyatt on my board, who I now think is probably one of the I've, I've thought this before, but now I feel even more secure saying I think he's one of the top considerations for the Bucs at the end of the first round. Um, we are just starting to narrow the focus somewhat. They have the 27th pick in the draft, folks. This is hard, especially when you are in a roster situation like the Bucs are in where, you know, last year was kind of like they don't need anything. Like, so it's really hard to predict. And now it's really hard to predict because they might need a lot of things depending on how free agency goes. We just don't know at this point in time. So, you know, keep an open mind, but I think Devontae Wyatt at the end of the first round, I think that there could be some uh, experimenting with Perion Winfrey, who had a good senior bowl, but his tape. I was big on him. Yeah, he, his, his tape leaves a lot to be desired, much, but, but his was good in the senior bowl for sure. Yeah. Um, so maybe he's getting better. Um, there's some types like that, um, and we'll see with guys like Logan Hall and Cam Thomas uh, how they you know, develop, how they really, how they test and weigh in this week will be big. But look for that type of athletic that they're looking for athleticism. The Khalil Davis, even though it was a later pick, I believe is a sign of the athletic profile they're looking for in their next defensive tackle. So if a defensive tackle comes in and lights it up, a DeMarvin Leal or Devontae Wyatt, especially his first round considerations, I do think the Bucs will maybe consider those players, although I would not, 
I think there are other things with Leal that could take him off the board. But just look at athletic profiles this week for defensive tackles is, is the note that basically we have for you. Okay, let's not leave these people waiting any longer about the Chris Godwin stuff. Leo says, I think Brady will officially say he's retired in the finale of Man in the Arena. And I saw you guys post about Godwin. Hope you got a good inside scoop. We have had pretty good inside scoops on Godwin this whole way through the process. You know, Scott kind of tweeted as definitively as he said anything uh, today from the Peter Report account saying, Chris Godwin is not going anywhere. It's just a matter of time. The deal is going to happen. Hang there, the fan. And any that will fly in the face of what Scott's saying there. I mean, it's everything we hear, everybody we talk to, the Bucks are in. Even today, I thought that they might play it a little bit closer to the vest, but no, they were, I mean, like everybody so. else, they couched everything. It's going to be hard. It's going to be this. Then with Godwin, they were just like, break. Jason Light said, I cannot imagine yes. moving forward so, without Chris Godwin. Yeah, so there were two things for me that that really stuck out. That was the the first one, and he said it second because yeah. that was when he was at he the podium with, with everyone. Podium. So, yeah, he said, I cannot imagine a Buccaneers offense without Chris Godwin. It's actually three things now. One of them is from Bruce Aaron, so I'll get to that in a second. The other one, one was when we were – it was just the local media, and um, you know they're asking him about how much does Chris Godwin's torn ACL, how much does that play into the negotiations and whether or not they want him back. And Jason Light essentially said that sometimes you just have to bet on the person which shows that they believe in Chris Godwin. They trust him. They're actually very confident that he'll be able to bounce back from that ACL injury and come back, if not right. you know, better than ever, just one of the best. Right. And then the last thing, too, um, was Bruce up at the podium, and he was like, I've had three other wide receivers – uh, in my career, and he didn't say Mike Evans, but Mike Evans should be in that category. And he's yeah, he was talking about the exact prototype right. that Godwin is in that offense. He's only had the guys he mentioned were fit that specific yeah. prototype. So he said Larry Fitzgerald, Heinz Ward, and Reggie Wayne, and he said you don't let those guys go. And so I just those all those statements that Jason Light and Bruce Arians said, it just it leads me to believe that there's no way as Scott tweeted from the Pewter Report account. There's no way that he's going to leave because he's that vital to the offense. He's the tempo of the offense. It's it's a true test in do coach and GM comments at the combine actually matter at all in terms of leverage and contracts <laughs> because it was as over the top as you can get. I mean, they didn't couch it at all. They were literally just like, we have to have him pretty much. I can't even have him like not have him after this offseason. It was crazy. It was they didn't even try to play cool. It was very much like we need them. And it's so like, I'm just a GM looking for a wide receiver. That's, that's, you know? that's what it was like. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, the injury thing was interesting too, Matt, because it was right after he just finished talking about Carlton yeah. Davis. <laughs> and he said basically a Carlton Davis, well, he just has to stay healthy. He has to stay healthy. Meanwhile, here's the room coming up ACL and MCL, where it's yeah. like, uh, it, it, it was basically like, oh, well, do, aren't you worried about the injury situation? Well, sometimes you just got to trust the player. Like, totally well, different set of rules for Chris the, Godwin the because he's so good. Injuries that Carlton had versus, like, Chris Godwin, you can pinpoint, well, that's when he was a self. That was a once-in-a-season yeah. hit. I mean, nobody else Godwin got hit like that this year. All of the Super Bowl season, he missed, what, one game with the broken finger? But he played the whole season with the broken finger. And again, I'm not taking away anything from Carlton Davis. But when you see what Chris Godwin does, you're more likely to, again, bet on a guy that comes back from a serious injury like that. Right. And everybody we've talked to, everything we've talked to just sends us the signal that, like, the Bucks will move hard in terms of bringing Chris Godwin as hard as they need to. And we'll see what the market does if, if he does indeed hit it. But 
the Bucks are doing everything they can. Um, it sounds like to lock him up before that even market even comes. So I've said it since October, September, maybe I just, I do not think that Chris Godwin is anywhere other than Tampa Bay next season. I just, I would really surprise me. Um, so we'll see if everybody's wrong, uh, but uh, that's, it's almost universal in terms of people being on the same page um, as we've talked to people here and as Scott talks to the people he talks to. So, um, did anybody ask about Will Golston? Long lost Glazer has said, uh, we did not ask about Will Golston specifically today. Um, we also, nobody asked about Leonard Fournette today. We got a lot of media time, but we had a ton of questions yeah. and we got to even <laughs> just about half the stuff that we've got actually got news on, but nobody talked about Leonard Fournette today. There was no question. Jason, Jason Light brought up Leonard Fournette when he's talking about just adding to the roster. He's like, remember Jason, uh, Leonard Fournette didn't sign until late August. So. Right. Right, he mentioned in the past what happened with Leonard Fournette, but nobody talked about Leonard Fournette moving forward or Will Golston moving forward. A little less surprising than Golston. I think everybody would just be surprised if Will Golston ended up yeah. somewhere other than Tampa Bay. Um, but we'll see what happens with Sue and, and the other guys. But um, it, the Leonard Fournette thing was funny because you know here's Lombardi, Lenny, all this stuff. And then we get in the Tampa media scrums and nobody asks about him. We asked about everybody else. But, and they didn't know asked about. Did he? I didn't. Yeah. I missed that question. So tell yeah, me. so... Jason was just about, um, again, like taking a chance on a guy, kind of like the Chris Godwin thing. Not, not that Ronald – I mean, Ronald Jones has been hurt before, but pretty much asked about would you take a chance on a guy like Ronald Jones? Like, can he bounce back? And Jason Light didn't say no, but he was like, I appreciate what Ronald has done. He It very sounded like very past tense. I appreciate what Ronald has, has done here. Uh, we're going to look at all of our options. So – I'll have to find the video. I'll, I'll post it on, on Peter Port's Twitter or my Twitter. But it, it sounded very much no without officially saying no, like Ronald Jones is yeah. done. Yeah, I, I don't think you'll see Ronald Jones back. But it'll be interesting to see what happens with Leonard Fournette. I don't think he's going to be at the top of the box priority list, not because of him, just because of the running back position in general is just not it's just not they bucks have greater needs uh in transitioning to talk about some of those needs is the interior offensive line this is the big topic of conversation right now in indy with ali marpet retiring everybody's wants to know about what's going to happen with the bucks interior offensive line there's a lot of rumors going around about what's going to happen especially with ryan jensen uh, all through the last couple of weeks i have heard more and more overwhelmingly from multiple sources that ryan jensen is going to ask to, to break the bank. That's what he's going to try to do. He wants to try to be the highest paid center in the league. Frank Ragno right now is making 13 and a half million per year. Uh, Jensen's probably going to ask around somewhere around that. Doesn't mean he'll necessarily get somewhere around that, but everything I've heard kind of says, okay, Jensen is going to be a guy that tries to get paid uh, in this last deal. With Ali Marpet was still around, that would probably not be in the cards for the Bucs. Now that he isn't in the cap savings that they'll get from that, although obviously that's just a lost period. And I'm not trying to excuse it away, but it does change the outlook for the offensive line. Because remember, when we said it before, what Scott and I always would tell you all is the Bucs don't want to spend major money on a bunch of different offensive linemen. They're paying Donovan Smith, and they were paying, paying Ali Marpet. Now they're not paying Ali Marpet really as much or, or hardly anything, and so they're able to save that money. Now can they allocate it somewhere else? Because they've got a couple years before they got to pay Werfs. Could they structure a deal three years for Ryan Jensen before Werfs' money would really kick in big time with the with them picking up his fifth-year option? Or maybe they extend Werfs ahead of time and they assuage his cap situation too. That's not. It's unlikely to affect the deal for Ryan Jensen too, too much, uh, except maybe at the tail end, depending how they structure things. But there's a lot of ways around that. Now that Marpet isn't going to be on the books moving forward for nearly as much as he was before, 
do they take that money and decide, you know what, we can't lose all these guys. So if you have to replace two guards, we can do it. But the situation is also that now we don't want to have to replace the center as well. We need the leader. So when the two new guards step in, we can work with them. Now, they also want to bring back Alex Kappa if it's possible. It's going to be hard to do it with both of them. It'll st- to see what their market is. Um, they don't want to overpay for both for sure. So if one has an underwhelming market, maybe they could swoop in there and pay the other one fair market price. But they don't want to lose. They want to give the, the one thing that was so clear from today's media, which we already thought going in, the Bucks don't believe there is really a, a door number two at quarterback. They really, I mean, they wish that there was, I think. Everybody's going to say, oh, they love Gabbard and Trask. No, they're saying what they need to say about Gabbard and Trask. They like him more than you on your couch at home probably likes him, but they're, they're saying what they need to say in those situations. They understand the limitations that come with those guys starting at quarterback. But the reality is that there just are not quarterbacks available. And you heard Jason Light say that today. My neighbor thinks it's a lot more likely for me to get a quarterback. It's a lot easier for me to get a quarterback than it actually is. Like, and that's what he's saying. It's just really, really hard to get these guys off of other rosters. Like, it's just almost impossible. So, what he's saying basically is that those that situation seems unlikely to present itself. So instead, look what we do. If that's our quarterback situation or a low-end free agent or something is our quarterback situation. How can we put the best group around him to give us the best chance to win? And I think that's going to be the focus of their offseason. And that's exactly uh, – Bruce had a funny quote too. He's like, you can't trade with yourself. And he's like, another team, unless you have a really good second quarterback, like who are you, who are you going to have play quarterback if you trade your original guy? So, yeah, it was very clear and obvious that um, you know quarterback it, it will most likely be in-house uh, for the most part. I – Again, I'm looking at the the Jensen and the offensive line situation. Like, I clearly I want Ryan Jensen back. He's one of the best centers, if not the best center in the league. Again, I, I'm trying to look at similar to the Gronk thing. I'm trying to look at it at, from his perspective, where he probably wants like a four year deal. Now, if the Bucks give him a three year deal, they make the money right. Yeah, I, I'm sure he would be down with that. And from the Bucks, uh, I'm all for that too. I'm curious, and I'm not <laughs> I'm not saying oh let's not re-sign Ryan Jensen so we can get this guy to start his career and, and start developing. But like, where does, where does Robert Hainsey play into all this? Like, is he still going to be a backup center? Could he move over to a guard position if they don't resign Kappa and you kind of, you're going in with Jensen and, and Stinney as your guards and you still need to find that other guard. I look at it more as, yeah, sure. We want Ryan Jensen or the bucks want Ryan Jensen, but you know, how much are you really willing to overpay when again, you don't even know who you're, starting quarterbacks going to be and do you still want to have a guy with a big contract on the roster if things don't go as planned if you know if Gabbert really doesn't play well and Trask you know flops as a as a second round pick I think if you do have to get into that rebuild mode in a year from now and I'm not saying that the Bucs will but I, I feel like you have to plan for that in that sense of well, if you're going to completely start all over in a season or two from now, and you got this big contract with Ryan Jensen, um, you won't guarantee that you you still have an opportunity to you know make a run in the playoffs again. Yeah, it'd be interesting when Leo says when Arians and Light started talking glowingly about Gabbard, I started screaming. Then I put him fifty bucks for Gabbard starting <laughs> quarterback at uh, plus twenty five. Yeah, looks. People are going to overreact to the positive statements about Gabbard in the national media because it gets clicks and headlines and attention. And I understand that. But Bucks fans really need to talk. Like, they don't, it's not like they are oblivious to the fact that there are limitations and questions here. 
like I said, they probably believe in him more than you do, but they know what the limitations of the of the team are with those guys at quarterback, and they know the struggles that the team will face with those guys at quarterback. And if there were a clearly better option, they would take that better option if it were available to them. They would give up resources for that better option if it were available to them. They would do – I mean, I think Jason Lay would do just about anything to give them – I mean, to win the best chance to win now. Yeah. But just frankly, like, he would do anything, but he won't do that. Like, he won't <laughs> – Break that. That's right. He won't like break that bank for Deshaun Watson in his current situation. Like he can't trade for Russell Wilson when he's not available. Like it's just not a possibility right now. So this yeah, is I, I still have the Russ thing too because a lot of the big reason why Seattle won't trade him is because even if they trade him, it's a big hit in, in dead cap money. But I'm thinking too again if the Bucks go like stopgap quarterback with Blaine for one season. What about like a year from now? If like, what if Russ is in that same situation? But it's like, all right, well, maybe it's less dead cap money, or you know, that's one last year on his contract. Like, why not? Let's just do this again next season and see where you know the twenty twenty two season goes. And Matt Ryan will almost definitely be available next offseason. That was interesting today, actually. Arthur Smith like <laughs> did not give Matt Ryan this glowing vote of confidence for sure as he spoke to the media. I don't think he's going to be a buck or anything, but he was basically like. Come get him if you want to, you know, make me a big offer. Come get him. So that was interesting. Um, but that will make the NFC South really interesting if that happens. Um, but yeah, right now, Matt, there is you're exactly right. Like the reality is what it is for the quarterback situation this offseason, but it doesn't mean it'll be the reality next offseason. So you have to kit your roster in as good a place as you can to find out what Trask is, to find out what Gabbard is when they are basically what you expect of them or not ready for the uh, 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 to be your premier starter, you're picking high enough that you could trade an asset if you needed to, but there's also free agents. I mean, Matt Stafford's going to get extended, but right now he's supposed to be a free agent. That would be the fastest, you know, that would be the most tampering in NFL history if Stafford were still were somehow available for the Bucs because Arians would stave off retirement for five more years to coach Stafford. He loves him so much. Uh, but, you know, it's going to be other options, whether it's Russell Wilson, whether it's Matt Ryan, whatever it is. There's going to be other options in the box. You need to keep that door up. Keep that roster as good as you can. It's Tampa, the state income tax, all that kind of stuff. Like it's going to attract somebody near the end yeah, of their like, career. Remember getting Tom Brady is once in a lifetime, but remember, yeah, pretty much. But remember what attracted Tom Brady to come to Tampa in the first place, yeah. that there was everything around them and they just needed a quarterback. They can get to that situation again, where they get everything around them. And then they just need the Aaron Rodgers, Wilson, whoever in your quarterback that you want here. Um, they're very close to doing that again. And the last two seasons were so much fun covering a winning team. And they're close. All right. They still got a really good roster. They're very close. It's just making sure that everything comes together as planned and don't overpay here. Don't panic over here just because position isn't, uh, you know, totally set yet. But I think the Bucks are in a pretty solid place overall. Yeah, I mean, the Ali Marpet retirement definitely sucks and hurts. But, you know, Bruce was saying today, even though it hurts a lot, they could be now they have could have more of an opportunity to bring back Jensen and and potentially Kappa. And he said, you know, Stinney at left guard with Jensen and Kappa, you know, that would like hurt on him too because he'd have continuity with Aaron Stinney that he wouldn't have with the new uh, person. So we'll see how it all shakes out. I do think I've said I said on this show last week that I did not think Ryan would be with the Tampa Buccaneers. I still would say that if I had to guess, I would say he won't be, but I will put it at a higher percentage chance 
than I had at the end of last week. I did not think there was really much of any chance last week. There are still a lot of people that don't believe that, that that's going to, that's going to happen, that he's going to be back. They think he's going to look elsewhere and, um, and go elsewhere eventually. Um, but I think the Bucks' interest is significant enough based on what happened Sunday with Marpet. That interest in the available uh, availability to challenge a potential offer for Jensen is there that wasn't there before that I would now wonder if there's a possibility he could be back. And I think Alex Cap is very much in the cards as well. Um, it'll really depend a lot on what Kappa's market is. They don't want to overpay for a player who's worse than Jensen, but still good. Not not to say he's bad, but who they don't want to overpay for a player who's worse. If you're going to overpay for one of the top centers in the league at 31, I think they would say, okay. But they don't want to overpay for a guard who's good but not great um, and probably will never be great because he doesn't have that physical and athletic ceiling really uh, for Alex Kappa. So um, something to consider there uh, as they think about that. Uh, lots of Mitch Trubisky buzz um, down here in Mobi- or in uh, Indianapolis. It has been kind of fun to watch that happen. Somebody's going to talk themselves into it. That's how bad this quarterback offseason is. I don't think it's going to be the Bucs, although I should be noted that Mitch Trubisky might have had the best game of his life against the Bucs. That is true. Specifically against MJ Stewart. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, that game was insane too because that was um that was the season that James Winston was suspended for the the first couple games and then Jameis was eligible for to return against Chicago against the Bears on the road, but um they were doing well at the time. They had just lost to John's Steelers with Fitz as the quarterback, but they decided to go with Fitz and then uh everything as they say you know what hit the fan uh in that bears game and it was pretty much all downhill from there uh, but yeah that was an insane game that was that was i think without question that was mr trubisky's greatest game of his career yeah i mean no doubt that was the best i've seen him look probably although guys were running wide open yeah. all game that was absolutely pitiful those were the mike smith days right yeah he got fired later yeah. that season Later that day, probably. Um, uh, JC, who Jason's JC, JC's gonna throw every take out there. So at the end of the day, he's gonna come back and tell us he was right about right, one yeah. of these things. But yeah. JC said he's gonna be so mad at us for saying that. JC said Bruce gonna convince Rivers to come out of retirement. LOL. I actually have thought about this a decent amount over the last couple of weeks because you know, Rivers is one of those dudes he's like Favre. Oh, he's coaching like he is, yeah. Before, yeah. But he's one of those dudes like Favre that like can't fully quit it. It's kind of even said before. It would be funny, although I I don't know how River would survive right now in the NFL, but it, we'll see. I mean, it would be a better option than any other option I've heard that's actually an option uh, for the Bucs. Speaking of options for the Bucs, and Leo does bring up a good point here, that the schedule is brutal, five to six total wins. I don't know about five to six total wins. We're just going to see how the priest – we'll let the free agency and the draft sort itself out, then we'll make uh, predictions on the season um, for sure over at PR anyway. Um, here's a question we've talked we haven't talked that much about. Quarterback that potentially won't be coming back to the box is Jameis Winston. Bruce Arians was asked about it today. He said, No, I wouldn't be totally opposed to it, but I don't know if it's the best thing for him. And this was the quintessential Matt. It's not you, it's me type of situation, right? It's it's not that you're bad. It's just I don't know if it's best for you. Like you deserve better. Like <laughs> you know, you're great. You're great. Every the way you throw the ball, oh. You know, one team is going to be really lucky to have you. It's just, just not with us. I don't know. I think it's one of those. You, you already crossed that bridge. You, you saw what you got with it. Um, you know, times are just move in another direction. But again, the chaos of James Winston versus Kyle Trask for the starting QB, the drama, the chaos. I think uh, 
I would have fun watching it, but I understand why Bucks fans would lose their mind. I would have a blast watching Bucks fans just attack each other for sure. Uh, Richie says, so is PR going to be able to view the skills test? And I wonder if you will be allowed to interview any of the guys. So actually one of the funny things about the combine is the media do not actually see the vast majority of the media other than like NFL network who has to get to broadcast it live. Don't see the actual workouts. We're not inside the stadium for the actual workouts. We're interviewing players all morning, though. So we'll get to talk to pretty much any player at the combine uh, at some point. We'll have that opportunity at least. So we will be talking to players all tomorrow morning and the next four mornings. Uh, Matt and I will be, uh, but we'll be watching the workouts on TV like everybody else. So that's how we'll uh, be taking in everything. But you will see plenty of interviews, plenty of videos, plenty of Bucks are meeting with and so on and so forth on the show and on our social media accounts. Um, so uh, don't worry about that. Some people are talking about Arians asking uh, Andrew Luck to come back. I do not think that is happening, folks. Did you see how Andrew Luck looked? Yeah. Uh, what was it, the national championship? <laughs> I saw it. it was... That guy is – he seems very happy doing whatever he's doing, but that guy is not playing football. Yeah. Cannot see that guy playing football. But then again, he never really looked that much like a football player other than the fact that he was – big i guess but uh, always had a little bit of an unorthodox look to him for sure so don't think it's going to be winston don't think it's going to be luck i mean phil Rivers things make me laugh i'm not saying no to the phil Rivers. i have no scoopage here at all i'm just saying i'm not not saying no to the phil Rivers thing just yet um but that's kind of the situation the last couple things matt uh, tristan Wirfs did not have surgery on that ankle i know that should be a big news to a lot of people that was reported uh, that he was going to have surgery on that ankle at the end of the after the the Bucks were eliminated from the playoff against the Rams, he did not end up having surgery on that ankle, according to Jason Light. Um, I would guess that as of March first, that means he probably is not going to. Uh, it would be very unusual if he suddenly have it now. So uh, it sounds like uh, surgery is not going to be an option for Tristan Wirfs moving forward. That ankle hopefully will heal on its own. And uh, you know, Light said today that no reason to think he won't be ready certainly by camp if not before that hopefully so it uh, doesn't seem like the injury ended up being that serious light said he actually thinks he could have played um potentially in the playoffs if they'd kept going too so that was encouraging news on by his own volition to say that too it wasn't like he was asked right. he just like yeah he probably could have played if they would have won right right thanks thanks todd bulls um uh so we mentioned the coaching staff hires the retirements that will not happen there was just a ton of stuff there was a ton of stuff um all along uh to talk about on the show and uh somebody said hot tip jordan tiamu is the best quarterback in Tampa Bay at the moment i'm not gonna say that this is that crazy of a take right now uh, i'm not gonna say that the, be mainly because of this we have literally seen jordan tiamu play quarterback in recent years and do a decent job in the xfl i believe if but we ranking, just haven't seen Gabbard or Trask play. So how the heck do we know? If we're doing a ranking, it goes preseason Ryan Griffin is number one. Like without question, Ryan Griffin preseason is one. Tiamu two. Uh, Blaine Gabbard three. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Trask four. I Possibly. Think. Some people saying Wentz coming to Tampa Bay really don't think that's going to happen. If he's wow. cut, maybe. If he's cut, maybe. Because it would be a very cheap deal, I bet. No chance they're gonna if they're dumb enough to trade for him, I'll lose my mind on I'm the show. Just, John, I'm just tired of all of these quarterbacks that we've seen. We've seen him suck in multiple spots. Little things of success here and there. There's so many quarterbacks, and Wentz is maybe at the height of this, where you just go, eh, it could kind of work. If that's your thought process going, eh, well, it could work. 
then you're absolutely screwed and don't like don't even try it you know like what are we doing like a nick Foles to the bears uh, kind of work yeah he's had some some good seasons won a super bowl with the eagles no you can't keep doing that and you don't want to do that with the fuck eh, this guy and the jimmy garoppolo jimmy stuff's got to die too i mean the, first of all he's having surgery as as adam Schefter tweeted out today and he's not even people don't even know if he's gonna be ready to throw by july it yeah, should you know maybe it yeah it's like we know what these guys are like. Yeah. Kurt Bruce Arians today. He's asked, "What is the most thing you value in a quarterback?" Grit. Jimmy G. Come on, guy melts in the pocket. No, no chance. He's not a box quarterback. Just forget about it. Yeah, just not. Uh, and I think the Bucks feel now that Teddy Bridgewater may not fit that bill either. So we'll see. There's not a lot of <laughs> there's not a lot of options out there. Uh, I think Phil Rivers definitely grit. I'm not sure about everything else, but. Uh, definitely grit there. So we'll see what happens with the Bucks quarterback situation. But the priority going into free agency in the draft is to put the best possible team they can around whoever ends up being the quarterback, unless a quarterback becomes available. Brady not actually retiring. Another quarterback, um, you know, basically, you know, one of the quarterbacks that they have in hand developing, something like that. A quarterback suddenly becoming available to be traded that's that's actually good. Um, all of those kind of things um, could be on the table for the Bucks. So lots to examine, lots to get into, obviously, as we move forward here at the Combine. Going to be a very, very exciting time. We're excited to continue to break it all down with you um, throughout the week here from Indy. There will be more news, and there will be lots of uh, lots of conversation uh, with uh, draft prospects as well in the coming days. Jimmy G stinks, Cali Buck said, yeah. I don't need to say any more than y'all already know. So we appreciate y'all jumping here and tuning in before we get out of here, please, before you leave, give us a thumbs up on YouTube. If you're not subscribed to Peter report podcast on YouTube, please go over and subscribe to the Peter report podcast. It'd be absolutely awesome. If y'all did that for us would help us out a ton, smash that thumbs up button. Trevor is allowed back in Tampa. Thank you for this question. John Ward. Trevor is here. We have seen him. We'll have to grab him for an appearance on the pod sometime this week. I'm sure you'll see some familiar guest faces pop up here, uh, voices and faces pop up here on the show uh, in the coming days. Uh, we'll try to do our best to land some of those as people settle in uh, to the routine here at Indy. So we appreciate everybody jumping in and tuning in with us for another awesome edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. I'm moving Blaine Gabbert to a second on the Bucks QB list. Out.